looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental, one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS, helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things, the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. There we are. Good morning. Was good afternoon. Where are you at, Tina? Where do you live? I'm in Connecticut, so I'm on Eastern Standard Time. You're on Eastern Time. You're yes. Well, good morning to me. Good afternoon to you guys. I'm glad you guys have got here. I apologize. We're a little a few minutes late. Those are online. I apologize. It's my fault. We've had a little bit of a internet difficulty, but we're here now. We're rocking and rolling now. And I got a great guest today on our show, Tina. So let me give you a little bio of Tina, and then we're going to get right into what she does and her book and everything else. So here we go. Tina's a business coach, author, speaker from Job to Joy. It offers tools and strategies to help individuals discover their passions, their life purpose, and create prosperity in their life. She has over 20 years experience in the corporate world as a talent acquisition strategist and a training development professional. She is also the author of Freedom. Seven Steps to Thrive in Life and Business and From Pain to Peace, a mother's heartbreaking journey through losing a child. As a business coach, she empowers new and inspiring females entrepreneurs create a successful business that brings them joy, freedom, and prosperity. Her mission is to empower women to maximize their potential, find freedom, and live more purposefully. We welcome you, Tina. It's good to have you here today. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Got such an awesome smile. What's up? A good it's smile. Monday too, right? It's yes. Monday. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Week. Yeah, you got yeah, beautiful smile. Thank so let's you. just dive Thank right you. in. We got to meet. We got to meet at Sticker Shock. So this is something that you and I were uh, together at. We were we joined a, a speaking to kind of help us with a speaking career, and that's where you and I got to meet. And then you had this real compelling story, and we we mm-hmm. uh, I said you got to get on the podcast. We got to we got to talk about that. I'm sure you have a lot of people you can impact. So here we are today. I hope to. I hope to. Yes. Well, let's let's dive right in because you have quite an interesting story to start with as far as your corporate your corporate world. Let's talk about what that looked like um, for you and how it got you going. So let's go. Let's go right into it. Okay. So my yeah, my journey began. um, I've been in corporate uh, for over 20 years, like I said and in the training and development. I was working for a Fortune 500 company and loved training, loved being in front of people, sharing different topics. However, I got laid off from the corporate world and that's when my journey began of having that uncertainty, that fear. I had recently been promoted to be an area trainer for the whole Northeast region and found myself laid off. So I had never been laid off. So that was my first experience with what do I do now? At the time, I was a single mom with two kids, and I really didn't know what to do. I had survived 9-11. 
I was supposed to be in the Twin Towers on 9-11 and, uh, and got laid mm -hmm. off two years later from that same company. So that's when I started to really network and really do some self-awareness, do the, what do I do now? And during my journey, I discovered that a lot of us women in my research, a lot of us women and men too, I'm sure are stuck, unhappy, unfulfilled with their careers and yet they stay in a job. So although I was happy in the job of what I was doing, I wasn't happy going to an office every day. I wasn't happy commuting three hours a day of my life. And I need, I, I got a taste of freedom when I got laid off. And I, that's really where I got the bug that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So Mondays are now beautiful because I don't have those Monday blues that a lot of us have going to an office every day and starting a week off and, and possibly going to an office that they're not happy, especially with the pandemic. I think it taught us a lot about where do, what do we want to do with our careers? You know. Well, I think, yes, I think the pandemic d does a lot of things. And you, and you talk about fear a little bit. I think fear holds everything back in a lot of things, you know, that whether it was uh, speaking uh, after that, after our experience that we did together there. And I look back on my reel now. That's why you don't see me put my reel out. I'm not happy with my speaking on that on that day. Mm. And so I went searching for I, I need to. I'm really good. I, I can get everybody motivated and stuff like that, but I'm not breaking my speeches down the way they need to be. And so I went to Toastmasters after that. And mm. I have flourished in that. That that has helped me tremendously, you know, become a better speaker and how to make a speech and how to bring everything together instead of just, you know, spew out things. I, I know how to format things better, you know, bring the audience in a little bit more. So that that's where I went with it. And I think that fear, even in Toastmasters, I see people want to come on there to learn how to speak, but they still are so fearful, even in a safe place, yes. even on a Zoom call to get up in front of it and do it. Because I just they're just having a, a fear of, you know, of just doing anything, you know, risk takers are entrepreneurs and you got to take risk in life, you know, and you when you fail. You got to dust yourself back off and go, okay, well, that wasn't, didn't work out too well. So let's go on the next route. And yeah. so I've done this in my own life. Cause I was exactly like you where I didn't, I didn't work in a corporate world. Well, I guess it was corporate, but it was a machine shop mm. and I hated it. Now mm. I was good at it. My dad did it. My grandfather did it. My great grandfather was a mechanic. So it was this way. I didn't do college. All my kids graduated from college. I didn't do college. I just, it just wasn't for me. I've always had kind of an entrepreneur spirit anyway. That's awesome. That's really so, great. Yes, that's really good. Yeah, I had, you know, so I had to go and find this. And so when you were in something for a long time, you you said something really uh, interesting because this happened in my own personal life. When I opened up my school, I was also doing pools at the same time when I was doing martial arts schools. So I get up in the morning because I wanted the safety of the check while I'm trying to run a business. Mm -hmm. And then until it I had no choice because I got laid off like you did. And I was like, oh, well, now it's sink or swim. You know what I mean? Now now all my effort has to go to that. And I remember I remember sitting in my school one night and nobody was there. And I'm like, I can't believe I have this. And why did I wait so long? 
and it was it all had to do with fear. So I don't it know if that's what you with help fear. with 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 coaching or not. Is that something in your? I do, you I do, be, I do, because what I learned in you know and talk about fear. I'll share, continue my story. Is that I started my business part time. And I said, okay, I'm going to start my business, but it wasn't sustainable at the time to really make it a full time. So I went back to a, a job. I did. And I became a recruiter. So I worked for a financial services firm until 2018. And I was there for 11 years too long. I was going to be there for a couple of years. And then in 2018, it'll be five years this month that I finally, you know, no longer in the corporate world. And so, but fear is what got me to go to a job because you know, being, um, getting that paycheck, let's be real here. That paycheck made me comfortable, made, it helped me to fund my business and, but it wasn't fueling my soul. It wasn't making me happy. And I really wanted to be an entrepreneur full time where I can really make an impact in other, in other people's lives. And I wasn't feeling authentic being in, in a corporate career, not doing what I love to do. And so today I'm happy to say five years later that I'm not working for a company. I'm working for myself. I'm in the driver's seat. I really want to elevate my speaking where I want to go out there and share more about my story. But how can I help women really start to believe in themselves that they can do it? And so I help in doing the inner work because it begins here, right in our mindset. In my book, The Freedom, Seven Steps to Thrive in Life and Business is really doing the inner work because fear holds us back so much. And we just have that um, imposter syndrome. You've heard of that before, that we just may not believe in ourselves. We don't value who's going to want to buy from Tina Kadish. Who's going, you know, what value will I provide to my, to my tribe, my people. And, you know, when you come from the heart, like I really want to help them really make a difference that they, can be out there, you know, and being an entrepreneur is not for everybody, but I want people to at least say, I want to follow my passion, working with a company, aligning myself with the company that aligns with my values and my strengths. So that's really what, because I'm not saying that everybody has to be an entrepreneur. It's what I wanted to be. And I really love the flexibility, the freedom to like, to be here today on a Monday afternoon here in Connecticut to be on a podcast. That to me is freedom. Yeah, I agree. I, I 100% agree with that. I often talk, I talk about corporate all the time. I say the living in corporate world is they pay you just enough money not to quit and you work just as hard not to get fired. That is the corporate, that is the corporate bubble. So, so true. So true. <laughs> it's just so, you know, I've always felt that to be, to be true in that world. I didn't, I didn't thrive in that world at all when I was, when I was in it, even as a young guy, I just didn't thrive in there at all. I just, you know, I prefer being my own boss and you being know how person. we get to go up, we get to have a cup of coffee. I was taking my kids to school when they had events, mm -hmm. I get to go, Yep. you know, yep. field trips, you know, I was the dad that was there. So it was, it was lucky. You know, and it was, it was, you know, it was rough for me. I had an, I was an entrepreneur and went through a, you know, a bad divorce after a 20 year marriage, but then my kids are somebody I raised, I raised all mm. my children. So it was, okay. you know, life gets to be, you know, you can certainly self doubt yourself. You say in, interesting in, because your forte happens to be with women. Is that true? Is that what you're, it looking, is. Is that what you mostly yes. coach? 
yes, that's who I mostly coach, but not to say that, you know, if a man comes to me, I won't work with them. Absolutely will. It just seems that I've been attracting more and more women to come, but I will definitely um, work with men as well, because I feel that they as well need help. I mean, really, you know, being open-minded and really, really start to have a vision for yourself. Like, where do I see myself going? Like, what do I want to do, you know, with my life? Because life is too short. And if we're miserable and, you know, unhappy every day, you got to start asking yourself, what do I do? What am I going to do today, you know, today moving forward? What action will I take? Even if it's one little thing, it's so important. Instead of staying in that surviving mode and just staying stuck and miserable, people don't want to hang out with miserable people. That's true. <laughs> they, That's don't. true. they don't. They don't. They <laughs> don't. They really don't. Okay. You're going to push people away. Okay. That's, so that's you got to take action. You got to do something. You got to do something. So uh, amongst your course of, of you, so you have, you have a book out that's called seven steps to freedom and that's yes. what it is. So where's that at? There's that book. I want to yeah. make sure yep. we put that. We'll put that when I put this uh, on the audio portion and you go on my website, I'll make sure all the, uh, okay. where you, they can buy all that comes to you. Yes. On my stuff. But let's talk about give, give me like let's talk about the number one step. So out of seven steps, what's number one? Okay. So faith. So the word freedom stands for faith. So it's really believing in yourself. It's having it's the foundation, in my opinion, of where do you want to go? It's that belief when you don't know how things are going to happen, but it's that it's it's walking in faith, not by sight. And I actually put a post about this yesterday. It's really walking by faith every day. All right. R is release. Release meaning letting go of the outcome. We attach ourselves so much to the outcome. We don't let things go. We just stay in that, in that place of attachment, you know? And so what about if you're open to possibilities? So be open to possibilities, explore them. All right. I talk a lot about that in my book. The first E is evaluation. What do I mean by that? It's look at the bigger picture. You know, where we've been, look at that. All of those things we've done in the past are successes that have brought you where you are today. All that experience that I've had in the corporate world, those are all great skills that I bring into my business today. They're not lost. So look at all your successes, look at the big picture and evaluate where you want to go. What do you want to do? And the second E is energy. Everything is energy. Money's energy. We have physical, we have our emotional, our, our money, our spiritual, you know, everything is energy. And so where's your energy going? Is your energy going towards, I'm not, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm too old or I've done this forever. Cause that's a common thing that, you know, I work with women and men over, you know, 40, 40 plus. That's where they're looking to reinvent themselves or in transition, they're figuring things out. And so really, where are you putting your energy, you know, um, every day? And then D is determination. I was determined that even though I was in that job until 2018, I was determined to get out of there. And, and I stepped up my business activity. I stepped up my money because a lot of times people don't want to leave because how am I going to make the money? How am I going to replace that money? That's a common thing. But I created a plan of action. And I and it was funny how things turned out. 
And then always optimism. No matter what challenges we're going through, it's navigating the ups and downs. You're going to have a roller coaster. Being an entrepreneur, there's peaks and valleys. It's not easy. I'm not coming here today saying it's easy and everything is peachy. No, it isn't. You're going to have those ups and downs. You're going to have clients that you may not come to you. You're going to, you know, you're not going to make that money this week, maybe. Maybe you're not something, but are you optimistic to go forward? And then the last letter of the word freedom is mindset. So I end it with mindset really begins with what is your mindset? Are you going towards a solution or are you going to always look at the problem and never looking for a solution? So that I feel is when you're doing those seven steps, that's when I say doing the inner work to prepare you for entrepreneurship, like getting deep into overcoming those barriers like fear. You know, when I work with my clients, I help them identify what is that fear that you have right now. And let's talk about that. Let's 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 really discuss it. Let's get to the root of the problem. Why do you have this fear? Like I've always had a money fear, scarcity of money. That was my mindset growing up. I always believed that there wasn't enough money, that only the rich get richer. And the money was the root of all evil. But it's not money's the root of all evil. It's what we do with the money. Are we Correct. you know, making an impact? Are we serving? Are we making a difference? So for me, that is what I found is the freedom that I believe is so important to achieve. Because for me, like I said, when I was laid off, I got the bug of freedom. And I said, how can I, how can I create? Because somebody came to me, I wanted to, you know, how did, I, how did I write this book? I'll tell you, I was on a cruise ship among speakers. And I wanted to be a speaker on the, on the next year's ship. And they said, in order to be a speaker, you have to be an author. I was the only one not an author. So I became an author a year later. And I wanted to really talk about this word freedom. So that's how the book um, became. Well, thank you. Uh, this is Coach Toy. Yes, thank you so much. She's a, um, she a great coach herself. She's in Georgia. You need to look her up herself. She's oh, been in HR. She's in Georgia. Well, I, that's, you know what? I have property in Georgia. As a matter of fact, I bought another Airbnb. I'm leaving Wednesday because we're closing on it in Georgia. I go to Savannah almost every two, three months. I love it. Oh, I there. love Savannah. I love Savannah. I was there a couple of years ago. Beautiful. Yeah. Coach Toy, um, she might want to be on your podcast here as well because she talks about career development. She has a podcast herself. Yeah. She has love a podcast it. Yes. herself. Yes, I will reach out to you. I will reach out to you today. Yes, yes. That would be awesome. So let, so tell me what you think. Tell me the number one fear that you hear the, from your I – always, I always like to see what, what, what you hear. When you, when you talk about fear, what is most people's fear about when you, have, when you have your first coaching with them? The biggest fear is am I going to make the money mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur? I want to be a business owner. However, how am I going to make the money? How will I replace my income? Can I do it? Will people want to buy from me? And it is a mindset. It is. I, I've had this same, you know, we just had an instructor training here. And I said, there's a difference between good instructors and great instructors. I said, there's many, many good instructors. But the great instructor is the one that has belief in what he's teaching. Yes. So when you have 100% belief in what you're teaching, that's what that's what will set you apart from the good instructors to the great instructors because everybody's good because they're they're good at what they do. Yes. 
But the greatness comes from when you believe it 100% with zero doubt. That is what makes a great instructor because the enthusiasm comes from the heart from there. So this is where I agree with that 100%. I just had this conversation yesterday with with my my students that were, that were going through instructor training. Yeah, and you know it's um it's it's great that you said that because when you know your why because that's another thing that I coach my clients on is is knowing their why. When your why is so strong, it's why are you doing what you're doing and you have that passion, that heart and you know your value on what you can uh, share, the money's going to come. But what we're doing is we're, we're thinking from the head here. We're not coming from the heart in sharing what we do. And just being authentic, being yourself, and coming from the heart, I believe the people will come. You will attract the right people. You're not going to attract everyone. And you don't need to attract everyone. That's the other thing. You need to know who you are, who do you serve, and what's, what is your value to the marketplace? And are you adding that value? That's something that I myself, as an entrepreneur, have had to, do I know what my value is? Do I share my value to my audience? Or because a lot of times as an entrepreneur, we question ourselves and we discount ourselves. We lower through our pricing of our programs when we really <laughs> are worth more. I don't know if you've seen that, Mark, but I see this oh, as course. I'm talking to people. Oh yeah, they're just so under undervaluing themselves by through their pricing. And that's something that I've had to work on myself. I'm not gonna lie here. I've always gone on the lower end and I've had to, my coaches have said, you're not, you don't understand your own value. Isn't it that. weird that isn't it weird in the coaching realm, instructor realm, martial arts realm, and you know, in in my business, I've always found this to be quite weird. That in my business, because I I'm a teacher, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a coach, instructor, they think that my time, you know, they pay a monthly fee for classes, but when I give you 15, 20 minutes of my time, that that well, that's just kind of part of it. You're a coach. You're just a coach. You know what I mean? And I've, I've, I've had this conversation with uh, studios all over the place and they, and they, they make their prices lower for monthly so they can get a lot of people in. And I've told them, I said, you don't want a lot of people. You want quantity. You want quality, not quantity, because when you have quality, you will get the prices that you, you need to have. And you can give your hundred percent to them. When you go like a herd, and you bring it in, you get, as I, I, I re, like, I have a couple of gyms that I, I belong to, right? You have a, a crunch gym out here, which is a $10 a month gym. Yes. Then you got a gym that's $60 a month. That's only, you know, very serious people come in there. $10 gyms. You have everybody and their mother in there. No, no, you know, machine, all that. And so you get what you, what you pay for. I've always I've always felt it weird that in our in my organization, you know, you want to you want to matter of fact, you'll make deals with people in the office. And I want my students watch me do this the other day. And I said, I told a family that's coming and said, that's just not my pricing. Well, I needed to work out this way in this way. And I said, unfortunately, we won't be a fit. I said. And they were like, oh, Mr. Cox, you're going to, you know, that's like $300 a month. You're going to let move out. I said, it's not the $300 a month. It's the principle of the fact that 
you know, she'll leave here and tell her friends that want to come in here. Hey, I, I made a deal with them. You know, you could probably do the same thing. And then it, it's just a snowball effect. Exactly. exactly. Now, when they come, if they even if she does or does not, they know like, well, this is pricing. He's not going to weigh from it. So if you're going to join, just know that that's what you're paying. And it took me a long, long time to get to that very long time. And I find myself as a coach, you probably do the same thing. I haven't yet to find a coach that doesn't do it. I give so much of my time away all the time anyway, that it's you, when I look back on it and say, you know, there's not a doctor that gives their time away like that. You know, you go I in know. their office, uh, you're, paying. Uh, you're uh, paying the hairdresser that's charging you 150 bucks to get your hair uh, colored and cut for the yeah. day. Yeah. And then we tip them on top of it. Right. So exactly. Exactly. You know, I think you hit on something so important, not just for females, but I hear the same thing for anybody. And that does come out of fear that you don't feel like you're the reason that you do is you just don't feel that you're worth. It you're feels worth almost it. right. And I tell a lot of people, I said a lot of coaches because maybe it would have been hard for you to pay for it because of where you were in status. You could never hire a coach. Mm -hmm. So you feel you have the mindset of, of, a, of an employee, not an entrepreneur now, but there are people out there that can't afford you and that you That's have right. benefits for them. Exactly. So I, I, exactly. I think that you, you, I think you hit on something really, really powerful in it, but I, I think that's an across the board thing, including myself. I did this for years. I don't talk out of, out of something I didn't do. I, I, discounted myself forever, ever, ever. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, absolutely. Me too. I mean, you know, we give so much of our time and, and it is, you're right. Coach Toy, quality over quantity is so important because when we start to really know our value and have that belief in self, we are going to be, we're going to stand in our, in our, in our truth. We're going to stand in our conviction and say, you know, I'm going to find the right people, the quality people. And also when you're, when you have that mindset, I've turned away people also mm -hmm. because they weren't the right client. All right. And so that if I had come from a desperate, because at the beginning, if you're desperate and you really want clients, want clients, you're just going to take anybody, but you're not going to take the right people. So as you're growing, as you're, you know, you're, you're learning from your mistakes, you know, and it's okay. You know, you want to make money, but it's quality over quantity. And, but it really does begin with your mindset. Like what I'm offering, look at the impact that we can make on our people. You know, what is that transformation that they will receive working with us? You know, because, and, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I love the people that they're trying to figure everything on their own for free online. And, but they don't even know if they're doing it right. We have a lot of free resources online, which is great. However, working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, getting that direction, that guidance, that accountability is so important. Like I needed accountability to work with someone. And it's so helped me when I had that. That's uh, I think that's hundred percent true. You know, so be, having the podcast for as long as I have now, I, you know, how I started mine and where I'm at today, because I get hit up quite often on and you know i was talking to emilio about this too and i said hey i'm gonna have to make this a business so people that want to i'll i can coach them to get them started all the way to you know from a to z 
but I told him, I said, where my forte will come in is, is how to interview is how to make mm. people feel comfortable. And then, you know, yeah. when I coach you, we're going to have mock, we'll have a mock uh, podcast and I'll be your guest. And then you'll be my guest. And then we'll, nice. and I'm going to teach you how to interview. And I didn't, uh, I didn't hit it out of the park in the beginning. I remember going through this kind of stuff and I was like, man, I can't, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. So I went and found a coach. That's exactly what I did. And he just happens to be a really good friend of mine that is a top podcasting coach now. And I said, Hey, I, I need your help. You need to, and he's the one that kind of fine tuned me, how to brand, how to do all that kind of stuff. Do you know how much time that would have taken me to, to figure that on your own, to figure all that out? You know, I, cause there is a lot of free stuff out there or how to use AI to your advantage where it's not plagiarism and, but how to, how to make it to, so that you can uh, win back time. And can yes. AI help me with win back time? Can AI, yes. you know, like, like today, like your, your title, you know, I, this is how I get really awesome titles is I put your bio into my AI and I say, I want, I want 10 suggestions on an awesome podcast title that will catch somebody's attention. I like and that. And then they gave me 10 and that's how I choose you. That's how I chose yours. You know, that, that's the one that caught my eye. And I said, that's the one we're going to use. And even that little thing, that little thing about podcasting, because it used to be, if you look back at my own ones, oh, it would have said interview with Tina Kaddish. That would have was what it would have said. It wouldn't, mm -hmm. have, it wouldn't have had all this eye catching title. And that was my coach. He goes, you're not getting as many viewers because you, nobody's not going to, nobody's going to go just listen to an interview with somebody. They don't even know what it's about. They're just not going to do that's it. True. That's true. And that's so, very true. Very and true. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I started with that and soon right out of the gate, right? My my viewership went right up, right, skyrocketed. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been doing that for a year. Stupid. Right. And so I just told him, I said, this was such a good, good coaching. So I'm always out there. I'm always an advocate for coaching in a in a space that you need. It's unique that you do work with with females because I think that you'll bring something to the table. Being mm -hmm. You know, I think that I've talked about this quite often about having a tribe around you that not that you can't learn from the, uh, you know, the other genders or anything like that. But I do know that myself, I can say this for myself. I'm kind of that that alpha male. Right. You see me around, you know, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm all about yeah. it. And so yeah. I'm not going to have any like a, one of these beta males that are just not in my realm and I'm not going to sit and listen to what you have to say because you just don't resonate with me. So when you say that you, you know, you have even turned away people, that's not a fit looking for the fit, because I don't know about you. I, even my podcasting, like when I get the interview, you guys, it's almost like I feel spoiled because I get your time for an hour and pick your brains and, and learn so much more from what everybody's doing out there that, it this is what makes the podcasting fun for me it's like i get to have a, a a virtual coffee with you while we sit and talk about what you know what you do in life and i there's not a podcast that hasn't gone by that i was like man that was really powerful today that was super good super mm. good i really yeah. enjoyed that or there's a connection that we have right out of the gate Absolutely. it's just it's, it's happened every single time i have yet to not not have it happen 
So that's great. And I've had to turn now. I I don't, I turn very little people away, but I've had to turn a couple of people away from, from the podcast because when I had that, when I had a virtual coffee with them, I'm like, Oh, this is going to go South. This is going to go South. I'm not going to do it. So it's, isn't that weird? So let, so you have now you, now before we go on to this next, next part of your life, you have a little thing, your little trophy behind you there. Let's talk about how you got your little speaking trophy real quick. Yes. So I think I was, was I there? I was there with you. You were there. You were there. Yes. This was at Sticker Shock in Texas with uh, Daniel Gomez. And I won the best inspirational speech, which was a total surprise to me. Um, And, you know, again, sharing my story about my career and then leading into, um, you know, losing my daughter in 2020 and talking about having a voice, using your voice in our lives. Because I've also gone through a divorce, not only lost a job, gone through a divorce and lost my daughter to cancer in 2020. So going through those challenges, we all go through challenges in our life. How do we navigate? Are we standing in our, in our, in our truth? Are we using our voice? And so that's apparently very, it was very inspirational and won that award. So I was very proud. Um, a lot of people notice it, of course. And uh, so this is something that, again, I, I love sharing my message and fine tuning my messaging, depending on the audience, you know, that I'm going to be in front of uh, most definitely. And I love the fact that you mentioned Toastmasters because I've done Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I love it. I, I, it's it's that sticker shock that you and I were at was my first matter of fact, I just saw Daniel Gomez. He was here in California. I drove out. Yes. To him. He was he was here with his wife and I drove out yes, to see him uh, for uh, I went and saw him and his wife and we you know, you know, they were at the Marina Del Rey, which is real close to me. So I, I drove out and said hi to them while they were here. So it was nice to spend nice. a couple hours with them. Nice. But we and we spoke about this also. And I remember your speech. I remember. I remember that. I, I don't know if you remember. Emilio also spoke and he was real about his addiction. Yes. And that's yes. who I had to follow after everybody in the house is crying. That's right. Like, that's oh, right. My goodness. <laughs> I looked at Dan. I was like, are you kidding me? We need to take a break right now. That's what needs to happen. We need to take a break. And uh, I had to follow Emilio's uh, speech. I was like, oh, my goodness. But it was it was powerful that day. It was and I remember yours. I remember yours totally and definitely well deserved. Terry Hux, I think, won the next the the first day uh, along with uh, I think he was in Emilio's group. And Terry was an awesome guy. Him and I just got to really, you know, he was on my podcast too. I, I really enjoyed that, man. That dude's a strong person. I saw that. He's guy. a great person. Yeah, he's a yeah, great he's person. Just, he's definitely oh a great person. Man. Yeah, he Such does. Such a cool he, cat. Mm-hmm. He is. I love he him. So let's, so let's talk about, because you have another book that you have out, mm-hmm. From Pain to Joy. Let's, let's take, show everybody that one that you got. Yeah, there From, it pain, is, to from pain to Peace. A Mother's Heartbreaking and, Journey Through Losing a Child. Yes. So let's... Let's talk about uh, that. Let, let's get into that because we had a little yeah. bit of a chat before we that you didn't know about. You know, I've had this in my own family with my sister losing a child. But let's go ahead and, and talk about what happened here. Yes. Yeah, so my daughter was diagnosed in 2019 of ovarian cancer. She was 30, uh, 37 is when she passed away in 2020. So um, she was sick for a couple of months and no diagnosis until it was later. 
um, doctors didn't do any testing. So she was in pain for about five months going to her physician. And then it was finally diagnosed. And finally, when it was diagnosed and they did a hysterectomy, it came out to be stage 3C ovarian cancer, had already spread. Now, for me being, you know, my mindset was, okay, we're going to get through this. This is another bump in the road. We'll get through this. And I never, and during the whole time of helping her was always there. And this is another thing why being an entrepreneur, because at the time I was able to spend every day with her and so grateful that I was able to do that. Had I had a job, I would have had to quit. So I was by her side every single day. And, you know, she's in the hospital during COVID. When COVID first hit, I couldn't see her for over a month. And it was horrible. It was horrible during that time. And chemo didn't work. They gave us like, nothing's going to work. And clinical trials, um, she wasn't even eligible for clinical trials because she had a bowel obstruction that came from either the cancer or the hysterectomy. We do not know what created the bowel obstruction. And she died eight months after she was diagnosed on July 2nd of 2020. So, and I was with her when she passed away. And, you know, in the book, I share about, you know, the five steps in using your voice. And it's really about these voice, having a voice, speaking your truth, owning your power, standing up for what you believe in. The always, again, optimism, because I'm a firm believer, I was optimistic that we were going to get through this together. I, I didn't even think that she was going to pass away. I, I might have been in denial, never really went down that road. And then I is impact. What is the impact of this that just happened? What is the impact that we want to make in our life? And then C is courage. I had courage standing up to doctors, the healthcare system, hospital presidents, um, speaking up on my daughter's behalf to be able to be with her and do it, E is empathy, do it with empathy, you know? And that is really for me, what I have found, how voice helped me during that difficult time was those five steps. And that I really today, that it was because of my voice that I got through it and my belief in, you know, having my faith in God is what also got me through it. The strength was all like, I got the strength within me that I don't even know that I had. And I had it till the day she took her last breath. And yes, I, that is such a powerful, that's, I told you, it, it, it brings back memories of my story, right? My sister's oldest, I mean, middle son, Cody, four children, pregnant wife, wow, firefighter in Colorado. And they found some, uh, uh, this little, you know, like a lump way in the back, back down here. Mm -hmm. And he went from doctor to doctor to see if he, because it, where it was is a very serious brain surgery. Wow. But he could also tell it was growing. So, you know, maybe a little bit of uh, slurred speech. And he was an avid hunter and just a, a great father, awesome marriage. You know, they loved each other. And he had a successful surgery. Mm. So they got it. And he was the next day he's talking in bed and stuff like that. And I, and I'd called him, I said, Hey code, you know, how we doing? And, and you know, he's like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to get through this and da da da. And then a week and a half later, so he was able to come home. Okay. He spent this whole week with his children. 
And then just one day he called my mom. He was close to my mom, right? Grandma. And he goes, Grandma, I don't feel good, man. Something's doesn't feel quite right. Oh, and and he she grandma my my mom said hey you 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 need to go get down to the hospital then in that parking lot in the parking lot he had an aneurysm and oh, wow. it didn't kill him but he never came to from it and they had to make some decisions and so every time you know every time in in March is when he died three years ago and every time. It comes up because they did the walk. There was firefighters lined that hospital from here to kingdom come. And that's just Cody. Cody wanted to make sure other people could get, you know, they kept him alive for two or three days so that they can, they can use organs for other people. That's just who he was. And that's how he did it. And I remember going to the fire station that, you know, with the Hearst and we were all there. And I remember, I said, I don't want to ride in the family hearst. I want to ride behind. I'm going to drive. And people mm. lined the streets of Colorado to pay respects to Cody. I could and imagine. Just, just, I was just like, you know. And we come from a strong Christian background, too. Okay. And you, I think that I wanted to ask you about this because I, I listened to your interview the other day with Marilyn. It was either you or Marilyn that had a, a, a very empowering dream. Which one was it? Was it you or Marilyn? Oh, no. It was, it was Marilyn. Right. Maryland I don't know dream. if you had this happen, but we were so sad. I mean, it was such a sad day. In and then you see, you know, when a firefighter dies, how you know the bagpipes playing in church and everything else. I mean, it even makes it even more traumatic. You more know, sad. just just you know, my my folks watching my folks and then watching my sister because you're not supposed to lose children. You're not supposed to lose children. Exactly. And so. And, you know, I went and talked to, you know, all the firefighters out there and the police that were there, you know, just thanking them. But my son, Michael, we went together to, to go to the funeral. He, him and I flew out together for this. And uniquely, we find an Airbnb who's a firefighter. So they said, no, 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 we're not going to charge. You could just stay here. We're not going to charge you for that. And so we were able to stay at somebody's house that were firefighters. Now that's not that that's that's a god thing. That's not even a yeah. That is a god you know. thing. Oh yeah. But my son had a, this dream. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I remember that late night, the day before his funeral, we get up. And I couldn't wake Michael up. He was in a deep sleep, and then all of a sudden he kind of wakes up and he goes, "I said, hey man, I couldn't get you." He goes, "Dad, I don't know how to explain it to you, but I said I'm feeling okay." And I said, well, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I just had." He goes, "I literally." felt i was at saw cody he was at a fishing stream and he turned around looked at me and asked me why i'm there and mm. i and you know and he said he goes you need to you need to be I, he goes i am fine i am good and, mm. and he said it was felt like an embrace and he goes i just woke up from that like it is as real as i can see and I said, well, maybe God used you for that vessel, Michael, because you're the most unassuming out of everybody that would have the dream. I said, you know, maybe you're the yeah. one that needs to have that. I don't know if you've experienced anything. You know, I haven't experienced a dream um, that vivid. All I know is that I've had her around me, like I've actually felt mm -hmm. hugging, okay? Because when I've needed to be hugged, because my daughter was a hugger, she would always hug me. 
we had a great relationship. We were close. Like she was my friend and the hugging really, I, she's okay. I mean, I really believe she's, she's okay and happier up wherever. I just feel like I wish she was here. Of course we want her here on earth, but I really believe that as time goes by, we just deal with it. We cope with it, but we never get over it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, I've known so many people now that I've been meeting so many people that have lost someone, a child, and the grief never goes away. It's, it's dealing with it and, and just remembering the memories. And in my book, I talk about that being grateful for our time together that I got to have her for 37 years and we were close. We had a good relationship. We traveled together. I remember our last trip together. My daughter loved history. We traveled to Gettysburg and that was our last trip. And it was a beautiful memory. And so I think when we, when we remember our memories, but it's also like what, what Marilyn is doing, creating a legacy. So what legacy can I create? And this is why sharing my story, my book is a way to create a legacy, but there will be another book. Um, my daughter was a writer and she actually has index cards of a book that she wanted to write herself. And that's going to be coming probably in 2024 about self-love. And that's mm. what my daughter was writing about is loving yourself. Cause my daughter didn't love herself enough. And she was sick from, I think she had depression and she had a lot of anxiety and she got sick with ovarian cancer, but I thought it was going to give her a second chance to realize how life was good. And she didn't really see it at the time. And so I thought she was going to get a second chance but that didn't happen. So, you know, when we're dealing with something like this, I think every day is being in the present moment, being grateful with who you have around you and coming from kindness and being humble and serving, I think is so important. And it's something that I've learned myself is being more in the present moment, not thinking about yesterday, not thinking about tomorrow, but today being in the moment. And there are days that I'll think of good things and I smile and I said, this is great that I'm thinking of this. That's all a God drop, all of those good thoughts that come in. So focusing on the good things is my point. Yeah, I think that's good. Now, your book that you wrote about that, was it more like uh, that is like you writing your thoughts down through the process or how how? What is it? I will what share is- that. Yes. Yes. I will share that. So I shared the first chapter is about the diagnosis, sharing my story about how it all happened. But the, the rest of the book is really about lessons that I've learned in this journey. Cause I didn't want this book to be the five stages of grief. I talk about it briefly in the book, but it was really more about coming from how do you have mental strength going through a challenge? You know, what are some ways you can show gratitude? What are some, you know, what support can you get? How do you bring joy back into your life? Because I talk about that in my book is bringing joy. How do you find joy again in, in your life after you've lost your child in this case? You know, and so that's what I talk about in my book. It's really those lessons that I've learned. And I want moms and dads to walk away with, you know, what can I do? Like I even have journal prompts in the book after each chapter, there's some journal 
prompts to help mm. people to really think about their, their story, themselves, their situation, because I didn't want it to be just the book of somebody died. You know, there's right. so many out there. And yeah, it's a there's quick so many read. Those. It's very short. Yeah, it's very it's a quick read. It's very short. I'm I'm a short kind of person. Don't want to write a big book. And it's quick, concise to the point, but I really wanted to be powerful and share the message of how do we move on? How do we navigate the losses in our life? You know, so that's was my my message is if I can inspire another mom, mm. another dad. Um would be so good. Yes. It was, it was now, was she, was she your only child or did you have other children? I do have another, uh, I have a son. So, you know, he's the younger, so he's 35 next month and losing his only sibling. I mean, now he's an only child mm -hmm. to me, you know, now I wish I had more children. Uh, mm -hmm. Had I known I would have lost one. Right. <laughs> um, but so having an only child now, it's like, you know, he's, he's going through his own, you know, him and my, my daughter weren't close. But they were always there for each other. They lived in we lived. They lived in the same town. They actually lived together. My son moved in with my daughter when she got sick to help out the family, and which was helpful. And so that really helped a lot. And so he's got his own, you know, stuff going through, because a lot of it, you know, we want to make sure that we don't have guilt and regret. Mm -hmm. And I think my son had some guilt that he wasn't closer to her. You take it, you, you know what it is? You take life for granted. You take people for granted sometimes. Like who would have thought we would lose her? You know, my dad, he's still alive. He's 89 years old and he lost his first granddaughter. You know, mm. um, you know, my sister, you know, we have a niece. I have a younger niece who's set six. So that's really the only two grandchildren my dad has right now. You know, but, um, you know, I'm really grateful for my son you know, to be honest yeah. with you. And I have my husband, you know, and I'm very grateful for it. And that's the other thing I talk about in my book is surround yourself having support because you need support. You need family and friends around you when you're going through this. Because as I was going through this, my daughter had a great network because my daughter was a giver. She was always helping others over herself. And she made an impact for sure. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's, that's that's powerful. I'm listening through some of the stuff you say. I think I see that through. Cody had, you know, he had a brother and a sister also, right? So he had two brothers and you know mm -hmm. my my two nephews and a niece. Okay. I've watched them. I've watched them grieve too. Just the, it, you know, it, it's it's a uh, my parents. You know, the grandparents right. watching my my mom is. My mom can just be sad on a day of it, man. It's just, it's, it's hard. And she's a strong Christian. She knows where to the point that she just, you know, when it's my time, I'm just going to go up there and be with Cody. That's what I'm, I'm looking forward to. Like, right. That's what she talks about. Yeah. My dad, so too. I know my that it's too. such a, such a devastating thing. And then people have guilt. Well, I thought I'd ask you this question, you know, again, maybe it's selfish cause I want to know, but, uh, I see, you know, Cody's wife now, she's remarried. Okay. And you know that, and he also has two boys, so you have this giant family. And, of course, this young man has taken on that um, that role. Mm. But you know how hard it is to see the pictures on Facebook and know that seeing little Cody, his little daughter he's never got to see. 
it is sad. That is, that is a tough, that is a tough, tough thing for the family, even though we know he needs to be there. Isn't that weird? I don't I know. I know. You know. And I know. And coach toy, you know, she, uh, she lost a daughter as well. And so she knows, cause this is how we, you know, we connected, but you know, thank you so much coach toy, um, sharing my journey. And you know, it is sad because, and the thing is my daughter wasn't married. She didn't have any children. And so I don't have, you know, grandchildren yet. My son doesn't, you know, um, have that too. And so seeing the, what's sad for me right now is seeing all of my daughter's friends move on and be happy, get married, have children. And my daughter did not. And that was the journey that my daughter was on. My daughter was on the journey. God has a plan, right? It's his, it's his plan. Who are we to say when it's not our plan? It's God's plan. And that's something that's, it's still, you know, it's a work in progress. I'm not going to lie here. It's something mm -hmm. that I'm still thinking about. Like, why was, why did she go? Why right. did your nephew go? Like, why are these people that are young going when my dad is 89? Like he said, I'm still here. Why didn't I go first? Or why did I outlive her? You know what I mean? So, but these are things we're never going to understand until mm. one day maybe we'll get an answer. But while we're here, I we're not going to get that answer, you know, and yeah. it's, try, you know, we're really not. And so we have to deal with it every day or choose to every day, just do the best you can. And, and I feel that being a better person myself and how can, what can I do better to help continue my daughter's legacy? You know, I want people to remember her for who she was, the good person that she was. I don't want people to forget her. So I will always, you know, we like we set up, uh, we set up, um, there's a nonprofit. My daughter loved books. We shared a love of books. My daughter and I always shared books. So we have a little free library. There's a little library in her elementary school that we set up in her honor that mm. you can give a book, um, take a book. And it's in her honor. It's in her town where she went to elementary school. And you know what's great? I was there yesterday. People are using this library. They're giving oh, books. It's overflowed with knowledge. It's overflowed with books. And I feel that that is really abundance. And it's coming from up there, coming from my daughter, because she's the one that planted the seed to my her friend, and then I implemented it. It's awesome. That's good. Yeah, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, we. I that's do the same thing. I, I do the same thing with with my nephew, trying to keep him. You know, I've got the I've got the Fireflyers flag with his picture in it. My gym is named after him. You know. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, his name was Cody Mooney, and and his helmet number, uh, you know, is fourteen eighty five. So in the military. CM stands for continued mission. Hmm. So I thought, well, you know what? That's what I'm going to call my gym, CM 1485, and that's a continued mission. And his name was Cody Mooney. And I just thought that that. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's beautiful. So that's what I did. I just wanted to ask you that question because, you know, 
I try not to ask too much around the family because it, it's it's such heartbreaking anyway. And I don't want to have a resentment for this young guy that's taken on this major role. Okay, because it, it it has to it has to you know anger can get anger can seep in there really quick. I oh, just yes. don't want to see that you know because he's taken on something pretty major, and at the same time we're super sad that it's not Cody. It's just a life sucks sometimes. So, it really does, Mark. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. You know, being a Christian yourself and saying that life does suck. Life is not fair, you know. And as we're talking here about, you know, joy and how do we find freedom and, and prosperity, you know, in, we are going to have these challenges. How do we uh, prosper? How do we find that joy somehow during those when life sucks? Yeah, life sucks. You know that's true. Um, I, I, you know, I, I do look back. You know, I mean, Christ, Christ's life was not a, a bag of roses himself. You know what I mean? You know, and then, right. uh, you know, right. being being uh, just beaten, spit upon, made fun of, just so that mm -hmm. we can we can have the hope that we have to see yeah. our family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I do take solace in that a lot. You know, that's I think that's where people when they look in at us, they don't they don't really realize that we have a hope. That sometimes if you don't have the hope, you don't, you know, you got to make up, make up stuff. So it's been yeah. good. Well, we're, all, we're kind of rolling up on the hour already. I can't believe how fast yes, it went, but let's, let's not add on a sad note. Um, no. you know, cause I already got tears in my eyes, like an idiot, uh, thinking no, about no. my boy. Uh, no, let's talk no. about, um, let's talk about, I'm going to give you the last, the last floor and let's talk about what you do, what you're looking for. You're the coach. Now you, you've, Obviously, you can be coaching whatever. Now you have an entrepreneur. You went from a, let's say, corporate job into entrepreneur-wise. You have something that you've gone through grief yourself and still processing and still and still uh, making things happen, still getting after it. You know, that's I think that's the mark of strong people, just so, you know, we can we can be sad and have a tear here and there. But I'm telling you what, you're not going to get me down. You're not going to I'm not going to wallow in my in my, uh, my misery. That's, That's right. correct. That's right. I'm going to get exactly. after it just like he would be getting after it when he, if he was here. Yep. And so, exactly. you know, I'm going to let you take the floor and, and, and if you're looking for coaching, let's ask the coach, Tina, you give us some, some good insight uh, to leave us with today. So I'm going to give the floor to you. So, you know, yeah, as we wrap up, you know, like I said earlier, I help the men and women, find their passion, their purpose, connecting them to their passion and really living life and really stepping out of their comfort zone and really stepping into making their dreams a reality. And if I can help you get that clarity, that direction. So a perfect person for me would be someone that is really stuck. They're in transition. They want to reinvent themselves and they're going through a challenge right now. And, you know, I'm not, you know, grief is part of my story. Mm -hmm. I'm not a grief counselor. I'm not going to be out there, you know, being a grief counselor. However, if I meet someone that has gone through what I've gone through, I'm going to help them or try to help them in that area, you know, with this journey of loss. But I'm not, you know, like I, I'm really a bit, you know, not real. I am a business coach and I really help the women and men who want to start a business and create that framework, that structure to get them to make money in their business and really having that joy. So my business from job to joy is really taking them, you know, that transition from that nine to five into starting a business, you know, and, and if not, like I said earlier, 
as long as they're loving what they're doing, finding their passion, getting clear on who they are and why, you know, they want to do what they do. Like what is their, what excites them every day? And I want people to get excited every day. You can make a difference. And what's the difference that you want to make? So if every day, like I ask myself, like every day I journal, I pray. All right. And I say, all right, what am I going to focus on today? What, you know, God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want to say to me today? And so that's really how I start my day is really coming from that place, you know, uh, and, you know, the right person's going to come because I want to help the right person, the one that is ready and willing and tired of being sick and tired of where they are. That's who I want to help. Really someone that is ready. I'm not looking for the excuses, people. I've had those people. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm looking for people that are ready. They're done. And now, okay, Tina, what do I got to do? And let's get you started. That's good. That's good, Coach Tina. That's a great way to end, end, end after it. You know, thank you. I, I appreciate you getting on my show. You're, you know, you got a wonderful smile, good, awesome thank outlook you. on life, and and uh, God fearing woman that's helping others is uh, is awesome. I appreciate well, thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so, so much. much appreciate you too, Mark, for having right. me here today. Thank All right. You. Let's catch you. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at markcox.com. Till next time, keep it real.